Welcome back to another episode of the One-on-One Academy Coaches Series. This is brought to you by One-on-One Academy. With over 75 videos in our arsenal. There is no place better than there to grow your game. Getting better starts here. John, how are we doing today? Doing good. Early, early pod for us today. For early me. Early pod. Early. Yeah. I, let's see. For us to do a pod early for me, we'd have to do it basically when you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but all good. So let's let's get after it today. So you had some homework uh, last week to come up with a practice rule, and what'd you mm-hmm. come up with? So my practice rule would be to kind of increase the pace between drills, um, water breaks. So kind of a lot of people say like between the lines, like no jogging, no, no walking. Um, and hopefully this can kind of build up the culture of like when we're on the field, we run like we, everything's a hundred percent. No drills off, like faster paced practice. Um, it's something that, you know, I like to call hidden conditioning. So the guys are building up, you know, that stamina without really, <laughs> without basically doing sprints at the end of practice. Um, if you right. could build up that high intensity practice, you really don't have to condition at the end. Um, it's still important that you do, but it's not, you know, if the guys are sweating at the end of practice and like out of breath. Like <clears throat> that's when, you know, the drill was run, right? Like when they're huffing and puffing, I'm like, okay, this was good. Um, so that's something I'm, gonna try to tie in into just the overall like culture i want to build of like just playing fast like i love lacrosse is so much fun and better when you're playing fast yeah i mean philosophically i think if you want to play fast this type of rule fits in and that's the big thing with the rules right they have to fit in with your philosophy and so Mm -hmm. you know uh we've used this before when when i was at sonoma we were in the 10-man ride a lot and we had the same rule you know we said when you're inside the rectangle you you run. And, uh, the idea was that, you know, basically like it's go time when you step over that line and a lot of guys got wised up to it, right. They'd sprint out to the side and then they'd walk around or sort of like, you know, take it easy or they, they would shoulder Bob it, right. They get the shoulder bobs going where they're not really running, but they're get the bobs going. And that's, uh, that's fine. You know, you want them, they're conscious of the rule and you can, you can choose how you want to implement it, whether you want to like, just make sure they're aware or you want to be more of a hardo and, and, uh, and be like, now you're not running. That's really up to, up to you as a coach, I think. And again, that mm-hmm. just goes to what your philosophy is, but, uh, yeah, it's a good rule. I like that. So, uh, you know, practice rules, like you said, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you should check it out. Uh, we talk about practice rules and what they mean for coaches and why they're important and how they should affect every program in a positive way. And everyone should have their own practice rules. Uh, they should be different and fit your style and your coaching. Um, feel free to reach out, reach out to us if you want to, um, you know, discuss practice rules. We love it. So, but now this week we're going to talk about operational uh, tasks. This is a this is going to be one of those episodes that's super fun. Lots of really cool, exciting stuff. We're going to talk about cones, baby. Balls and cones. Balls and cones. Let's talk about operations. So, John, tell me a little bit about what do you do uh, operationally. Let's talk about practice operations, and then we'll talk about game day operations. Let's talk about practice. What do you yeah, do? So, practice? so, practice operation, uh, you need goals, good goals, nets properly strung up. You don't want a bunch of holes um, in your net. Uh, cones, whether those are you know your flat like disc cones or your actual you know orange cones. Um, <laughs> Can lots you do of that balls. again for 
for, uh, you, for those you know, who are your, your little pyramid <laughs> cone. Um, lots of balls. Um, so, guys, you can get a lot of reps before you have the ball hunt. Super important um, types of balls. I like to have tennis balls at least on hand, um, depending on which role I want to run um, to be available. Um, pennies, super important to have. Um, you know, a lot of coaches are really strict on everyone having the same penny. I'm at the point where I just want kids wearing a penny. <laughs> it's, um, it's been tough to have that. Uh, surprising how many kids don't have pennies. Um, but that's important. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity to film some sessions of practice, that can also be really important to set that up. Um, backup nets. Um, if you have access to those positioning drills, so you're utilizing them again to, you know, make your ball hunts faster, more efficient. Um, coaches, how you're divvying up your coaches, um, you know, how many you have, what can you get done to make it again, as efficient as possible, get as many reps done correctly, um, in the time given, um, <clears throat> then, hmm? go ahead. Go ahead. and then, you know, um, as a high school coach, you're, kind of aware of what other teams are using the field at the time. Uh, what space do you have? Um, lights are also an important thing. You know, how late is your practice running? Do you have to have the lights on at a certain time? Um, so there's a lot of stuff that kind of goes into practices um, that, you know, the more you do, the more it kind of becomes second nature, but like kind of listing it out there, it is, it is a lot. You're, you know, you're taking attendance, um, at practice, uh, following up, calling guys if you have to in the moment to kind of see where they're at, see if they're coming. Um, yeah. So a lot of so operations. The, so the operational stuff's great, man. So let's let's talk about how we how we do that, and let's break it up into sort of some chunks here. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Obviously, your practice plan is going to cover a lot of this stuff in terms of what drills you're doing and how your coaches are coaches are divvied up and stuff like that. So we're going to leave that off to the side. We're not going to talk about that in this pod. This part, we're going to talk more about how do you get the most out of your practice setup in terms of the operations of logistics of balls, cones, goals, things like that. Who does the work and then how that kind of flows into a game. So uh, from a from a coach's perspective, what do you think the most important things are for practice from an item itemized standpoint? You know, if you think about your list of things that you need at practice are going to be balls, goals, cones, uh, pennies, you know, whistle. Of those uh, water bottles, first aid kit, you know, how would you order those in importance? Uh, balls, number one. Yep. Goals, two. Pennies, three. I would probably say top three. Sure. If I have those, like, you can run 99% of practices with if you have those three covered. That's good. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the big things, a lot of, a lot of coaches tend to do this and I think we've all made this mistake at some point in our life where we go and invest in these cool pennies or cool gear or whatever. And it's like, yeah, we feel good. We feel good. We're going to play great. And then we only have one bucket of balls of practice. If there's one recommendation I can make to every coach, including yourself, whatever number of buckets you have, add two to it. Mm-hmm. That's the appropriate number to have. You know, when I was at Sonoma, we brought six buckets of balls out. We'd have, we had two buckets. We had two buckets of shooting balls that were just for shooting. We had a bucket for the defense. And then we had two buckets of balls for six on six. And uh, and the whole purpose was, one, if we don't want to shag, we don't have to. The other part was it separated the balls so they sort of stayed stayed better longer. You know, now that was before the onset of the pearls. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's really hugely important. And I think you're right on the other pieces, goals and pennies being very important. Pennies also help people identify as a team member. Um, you know, who do you have set up your field? How do you, how do you have that happen? What's the process there? So it's, um, it's usually a little bit of me, a little bit of, um, some players on the team, uh, our goals, you know, during the beginning of the season, they're not always out there. We're kind of sharing the field with soccer. So our goals are on this side. Um, and we have, we're lucky at Justin. We have like the, the heavy duty, um, game day goals, um, that we use. Um, so those got to be taken out. That usually requires like two to three guys to move it without putting too much effort into it. Um, so if I'm there early, I'm, I'm moving the goals out. Um, if I'm running a little behind, I'll have whoever's there. It's not just a freshman thing. Freshmen will put it back at the end of practice, but beginning of practice, um, it's whoever's there. And then I'm coming, I'm carrying all the balls, all the cones to practice, um, kind of setting those up. Um, and I'll be setting up cones for drills while they're doing, you know, their warm-ups so we can flow right into um, – that. That's one thing I've learned um, coaching is uh, set up the next drill during your current drill as much as possible to kind of make that flow as smooth as you can. Right. right. Yeah. You know, I, I would say, you know, as a rule of thumb, uh, the only thing advice I can give you on this one is, is I would, I would designate, um, you know, your senior leaders as the guys who are responsible for setting the field up um, both mm -hmm. them doing it and them, delegating it out and it's a it's a combination for them um it's something you have to work with them on because there's you don't want to set a hard and fast rule of like you have to do it or you have to delegate it you sort of want them to pick it up and do it sometimes themselves and sometimes you want them to delegate it out i have been very clear with my guys that coaches don't we don't ball hunt we don't pick up cones and we don't move goals now it doesn't mean we won't help out sure we'll help out sometimes but generally speaking like they need to understand that's their job. My job is to make sure everything's organized and prepared. Their job is to make sure it gets done. And mm -hmm. I think that that's a big part in them taking ownership of like the task of making practice run efficiently. And uh, the key with that is that if you have only freshmen do it, then what happens is that the freshmen sort of feel like they're just, you know, getting beaten down even more than they're already getting beaten down. And uh, that's just not the appropriate way, right? Like if you believe in service leadership, which I do, you know, you want to mm -hmm. serve them up that stuff um, by doing more than not, um, you know. And so, like, a lot of times at the beginning of the year, like, I'll help the seniors to kind of get the goals set up and stuff like that to sort of prove that. Or, like, I'll string the goals for them because that's something I can serve them. Um, and we sort of set that up. So, operationally, I think that's really important. Now, a big operation that comes up all the time is ball shagging. How do you guys handle that? So, that is um... – a freshman heavy uh, thing. So they, they have to go the furthest. It's kind of like freshmen go the furthest and then you have your sophomores, juniors, seniors on kind of like distance traveled for ball hunts. Um, now I did have my, my class of 22s was the single worst freshman class I've had ball hunting of all time. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, you put ownership on the seniors, like seniors, you can, only, if you're going to walk, you know, that short distance, you have to have your freshman and it's your responsibility to go out there um, and make sure that's happening. But, you know, um, like you said, the service leadership um, is super important to me. So like, I am also, you know, 
doing as much as the ball hunting and all that stuff as much as possible because I feel like if they see their head coach doing that, they're like, I have no excuse to sit and do nothing. And, and this goes into like one-on-one practices too. Like I'm not, you know, doing nothing during ball hunts. I've been jumping fences and running in the back to ball hunt, um, moving cages, picking up cones, all that stuff. Um, so I, I feel like that definitely helps because like when you ask someone to do something, they're like, they've seen you do it a million times and they really don't have, they're not going to say no. Right. Yeah. Service leadership is a big part in that. And I think the other thing I would say is, you know, decide how you as a coach want to do this. Do you want to track balls, like count the balls up before practice? So you know how many you have and then hold them to that number. Or do you want to just sort of like look at it and eyeball it and sort of know what you're going to set, know what you're setting yourself up for. Right. So I've done it both ways. I've done both the eyeball way and the count every ball way. Um, you know, I tend to sort of fall into that. I think the counter ball way is a little bit better because it kind of puts the onus on the guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, half the time what they do is they have bat- balls in their bag anyways. Mm-hmm. And so they'll just, you know, they go to the bags, which is fine. Um, you know, the, the downside of that is if they're taking balls out of their bag, you know, when they go to do wall ball on the, on the off days, which, you know, of course, every player is doing that, right? Yeah. Um, they don't have a ball anymore. So, uh, you know, it's always interesting in that regard. But, you know, I think as long as you're consistent with it, it can be good. But, you know, again, spreading out the work, giving everyone uh, input and just having a clear, clear roles can be good. So, you know, we didn't get to talk about game day operations. Um, so let's sort of dive into that quickly. And mm-hmm. just some some thoughts here for you. I know you've kind of shared with me how you guys work at, at Justin. You know, one of the things that's really important is what we do at Virginia Tech and what I think is the best way to do it is, we have branches. And so we have a, uh, a branch, which is a group of about five or six guys and they're responsible for game setup. And we, we, every branch sets up different games. And so no one branch is responsible for all the games, no one mm-hmm. class. It's just each group comes in. So it generally ends up being about one to two games per season that they have to set up and they have to get there early. And it works out really well because that branch gets there early and then a couple of their close buddies who are on other branches always end up getting there early and sort of everyone sort of helps out kind of towards the end mm-hmm. and also creates, creates a good clear accountability structure. And I'd really urge high school coaches and youth coaches to do the same thing. Cause it, it sort of puts the onus on just a small group of your team to do, but they only have to do it once, you know, and then they don't have to like repeat it. They sort of know the next time they get to come in and, and be the relaxed guys and then they're also more willing to show up if they show up a little bit early and it's not done to help out, um, which always creates a better vibe for the whole team. You know, um, but that, would, that would be what I recommend. And, you know, in high school and, and youth, right, parents are heavily involved. So you can always have a parent be sort of in charge of that. But, yeah. um, you know, and depending on the age of the kids, right, if it's, if it's U12, so, you know, you might be better off having parents do it as opposed to uh, their kids. But at the same time, it can still be the same concept, right? Like these set of parents have to set it up this day. These set of parents have to set it up this day. It's kind of a mm-hmm. process. So. Um, cool, man. Well, it's good to talk about operations. We will have something more exciting next week about like riding or clearing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're like, I'm bored already. So, so is everyone else's <laughs> listening to this. So, so this is one thing like you asked me like areas like before a little um, preview to the podcast. So it's like, what do you need to work on? And it's like, you know, the game day operations, practice operations, like it's, it's important. It's super boring to talk about, but like when you mess up one of these things, you show up to a practice and there's not enough balls. Like it is like 
grinding teeth. Like it's awful. Like I hate it. You show up no, and the kids cool. don't have pennies on like you're wearing a white t-shirt, you're on white, you're kind of wearing a grayish t-shirt, like you're on dark. Like it's it's not great. No, it's it's no quicker way to upset your teammates and, and lose buy-in than to have uh, consistent practice malfunctions that are completely controllable mm-hmm. through logistics. So it's just uh, something you have to be on top of. But uh, awesome, man. Well, really enjoyed the conversation. And once again, if you are listening to this, this is brought to you by 101 Academy. With over 75 videos in our arsenal, there is no place better to grow your game. Getting better starts here. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at 101 Lacrosse Academy and also on Facebook. We're also there. Who knows? You know, we sort of sell like Mark Zuckerberg occasionally. Anyhow, until next week, have a great day. Music's over and we're still talking. All right, really, peace out.